0: Blue and Matt for breakfast. The Borders 105.7 Triple M. Blue, my household OCD was in full force (laughs) yesterday. Uh, So I've got this thing right where a PowerPoint, if there's nothing in it, it has to be off. It has to be off.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, okay. But you mean you'll just go around looking for it?
0: Absolutely. Like every single PowerPoint that doesn't have something plugged into it that needs the power at the time, it has to be off. I know it makes no difference, but it has to be off. It's my one and only OCD at home. And I, kind of, I was kind of thinking as I was doing it, I was like, well, every, I reckon everyone's got one. Everyone's got some kind of household OCD. Yes. For example, Lou, I'm sure you'd have one. What What would be <laughs> yours? I've like got
1: more than one. Um, the one that probably comes to mind, because I do it wherever I go, even in other people's houses, Oh no! Yeah. Oh, is, no. <laughs> is making sure that the lid of the toilet is down after I've used the, the toilet. No, the lid. The lid. I always close the lid of the toilet. Now, I've got to explain why. When we first moved into our house that we've lived in for 11 years now frogs occasionally would come out of the (laughs) toilet so to make sure they didn't hop around the house (laughs) we would keep the lids closed and i remember saying to the kids you've got to close the lid sure yeah not only that can i tell you another quick story friend of mine that lived at kiwa years ago kay and cliff good morning they had a red-bellied black snake come up (laughs) come up through their toilet you want to make sure the bloody lid's closed in that case, don't you? So
0: now it's ingrained now, in you now. Oh, is
1: it ever. Close the lid. And other people don't do it, but I go around and Lou, close the Lou, you lid. would have
0: a connection over two. at my place. We've got
1: two toilets in the house, so I always close the lid.
0: Yeah, You can imagine what mine's like. See, oh, I don't got, even want to We've got think separate about toilets, it. and I, I just leave everything up, and, and there's just there's a lot going on in there, Lou. You would hate it.
1: <laughs> I would really <laughs> one,
0: hate it. one three, three. whats your... Household OCD. I reckon, as you said, Luke, probably people have more than one. But what's your oh, main yeah. household yep. OCD? 133353. 3, 3. We'd love to find out next. Jackie from Faguna, what's your household OCD?
1: Mine is about um, the cookie jar and needing to have an
0: even number of cookies in there. <laughs> an Are even number of cookies.
1: Yeah. And one of the most frustrating things for me, I don't know if you know, um, if you buy a packet of <laughs> Tin there's oh, yeah. Tams. How Eleven. many? 11. 11. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So as soon as I get this packet home, I li- I have to open it and eat one so that there is. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sounds Sounds like a scam. I actually
1: feel your pain <laughs> because I do the same thing. Yeah, it's a real thing. Like, yeah. it, it's. It, it, it's just so much nicer when it's an even number. Yeah, because there. then if you're a family, if you're a family of four, yeah. Um, look, it's hard because then there's ten biscuits, and then you've got to fight over the last two. <laughs> but at least you're not fighting over the last three, and one person's missing out. Exactly.
0: I never knew this was a. thing. Oh, it's such a thing! <laughs> it sounds like an excuse to eat one biscuit, as far as I'm concerned. Well, it's a good excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jackie. Hello, Triple M. Who's this? This is Fiona. Hello, Fiona. Um, Now, what's your household OCD? Repacking and stacking the
1: dishwasher. Ah, I do that too, Fiona. (laughs) Nobody does it right. No, and they don't. They don't stack them so they wash properly. They don't get enough in there. That's exactly right. And things get upturned, and then when you
0: unstack it, everything's
1: full of water. (laughs) It's a nightmare, Fiona.
0: Oh, thank you, Fiona.
1: Feel your pain. Have a good day, guys. You too, see ya.
2: Hello, Triple M, who've we got? This is Rob, Matt, good morning. Hey, good morning, Rob.
1: What's your your household OCD, Rob?
2: Uh, It's turning lights off in rooms that nobody's in them. You know, everyone goes (laughs) in
0: and turns the light on and they forget it. Now, that is such a bloke oh, thing. It's a cliche you, almost, Lou. now, uh, you sure your Michael? name's
1: not Michael? Because my husband is obsessive about that. And he, well... Do you mutter while you're doing it, Rob? Do you walk around turning off lights muttering to yourself? Oh, well, oh, well the yeah.
2: It all started, of course, when the kids are young and they're, they're hopeless at turning off lights. Yeah. So, yes, it was it normally muttering their it. names. Yeah, it
1: doesn't, doesn't uh, get any better, does it? Because mine are 20 and 15. They still don't turn the bloody lights off.
2: Well, my, mine don't live with me anymore, so it
0: got better. Oh, <laughs> you can tell them on the phone, though, they probably still leave their lights on. Thanks, <laughs> Rob. <Roll. laughs> Cheers, guys. Have a good day. You
1: too. See
0: ya. I put the question up on our Facebook page, Triple N The Border last night as I was turning off all the power switches on empty (laughs) plug points, which is my OCD, and we got some really interesting ones. So, um, uh, Linalda says uh, that she has to make sure the bath towels are hung straight and the seams and tag are not showing.
1: Oh, the seams, I don't worry about the tag I always hide.
0: Uh, Megan says one of hers, one of hers...
1: I get you, Megan.
0: (laughs) ...is that I have to have the same coloured pegs when hanging the washing on the
1: line. Oh, now, Megan... Megan, I'm sorry. That is a bridge too far. Now, I have a few friends that do this too.
3: Really?
1: If you're using two pegs, they've both got to be the same colour. Sounds awful. Now, I can OCD with the best of them, but that (laughs) is just a little bit too far. I I haven't got time to be choosing the colours of the pegs.
0: Now, how about this for uh, one that sounds um, tiresome? Brad um, says, anything in my pantry or fridge must have the labels facing out. Forward to, oh, my Lord. You know, all of them have to face the right way. Uh, Julianne says, Mine is the knives in the knife block have to be in line. My son messes them up all the time and it does my head in.
1: I think in line she probably means size-wise, I'm guessing, yeah. and I do mine yeah. the same way. Yeah. Yep, totally get that.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> rody has got a good one here, Lou. Uh, this, this one sounds uh, a lot easier than a lot... Well, depending on how many you've got, I suppose. He Rody says, Make sure every beer can is completely empty.
1: Yep, I think... Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Roddy's drinking the dregs again. On you, Rody. <laughs> well, nice work. Man. News and Sport is coming up next, and then it's time uh, for the free Money Minute. Ten questions, 60 seconds. Get them all right. Bang. 500 bucks is all yours, thanks to Kiwa Milk. <laughs> and these days, we have to live vicariously, as I said earlier, through the others when it comes to travel. So let's join Brad Jones Racing Team Manager Peter Vale, who's currently driving up to Townsville from the team's Albury base, of course, with the big V8 supercar truck and some precious cargo as well. He left a few days ago, so let's find out where he is. Pete, good morning. Morning, Matt.
1: Morning, Lou. How are you both? Yeah, fantastic. Now, it's a pretty big journey from Albury to Townsville. It is, yeah. I've already covered just
2: over 2,000 kilometres. I've got about another 100 to go.
1: Oh, excellent. Not far. Oh,
0: not far at all. Now, you uh, you sent me some interesting stats about the fuel that you've used as well. Yeah,
1: well, I just keep myself
2: amused by keeping track of what we use and um, getting an idea of how much we're going to use on a trip. So, I've used nearly 1,300 litres and I've travelled about, um, about 2,200 kilometres. So... Yeah, we're getting just under 60 litres per 100 kilometres. Very efficient. Um, <laughs> pretty good for one of these things, but not good for your family car.
1: No, no you'd be a bit worried if it was your family car for sure. So um, how's the weather looking up there? I'm guessing uh, you would have been witness to, to a spectacular sunrise this morning.
2: Oh, the one thing about being in the outback and travelling and getting the evenings and the mornings is you get the chance to see some fantastic sunrises and sunsets. And at night, when you're camping on the side of the road, you get some fantastic starry nights as well. So oh. you see things you don't see living in the city, which is, which is nice. It sort of makes a trip
0: worthwhile almost. Yeah, oh, yeah, I can I'm just
1: dreaming about being in the outback and looking at that gorgeous.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, Pete, has anything notable happened to you this time? Because those big trips, things can go slightly awry sometimes. Yeah, we about eight hundred kilometres into
2: the trip. Um, my trailer brakes came on. So I had to pull off the side of the road and I couldn't unlock the trailer brakes. And uh, it turns out there was a 50 cent hose clip that had broken and the airliner came, came off. Yeah. But the biggest problem we had was getting, well, I'm, I'm not thin or small. And neither my truck driver, Paulie, who, by the way, when we travel, the he's in charge. And I'm his lucky, And then when we stop travelling, I'm back in charge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, we had to get a hose clamp and we put the airline back on. Yeah, we had to get the truck jacked up and
0: the wheels up. And get up yeah, the to get the, yeah, yeah. So that, that wastes a bit of time. Yeah. All right, Paul, um, uh, Pete, you're uh, breaking up slightly, but it's amazing that we got to chat to you anyway because um, sometimes we can be calling someone in Wodonga and it breaks up yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> have a great trip up there in Townsville. You're up there for two weeks because you've got the back-to-back uh, race weekends, which is kind of cool, great for uh, the people that love V8 supercars. So take care. Have a great rest of the drive and we'll uh, see you soon. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. The mixed double partnership of Nick Kyrgios, our very own, Mm -hmm. and Venus Williams. That's right. They got together as mixed doubles and they were going really well, but then Nick Kyrgios has an abdominal injury and unfortunately they had to uh, withdraw from the tournament. But in honour of this great partnership, Nick Kyrgios and Venus Williams, I have the top 10 best partnerships. Oh. We start with number 10, Warney and... Ba- oh, actually, I have to make it official before I get to Warney, so it's one of these, Lou. That's List. Oh, That's
1: right.
0: good. Yep, 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 Okay, so number 10, Warnie and Baked Beans. It was a great <laughs> partnership that got Shane through pretty much all his overseas tours, Lou. S-
1: especially India. That's
0: right, exactly. <laughs> number nine is Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. Edward Scissorhands, Willy Wonka, Sleepy Hollow, Corpse Bride, Alice in Wonderland, um, Dark Shadows. Uh, here he is. is Willy Wonka. I'm very resolved.
2: It's very nice to meet
0: you, sir. I always thought a Veruca was a type of wart you got on the bottom of your foot. <laughs> 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 Creepy. Um, number eight, Bob Hawke and Paul Keating. Until it all went horribly wrong. But it was good while it lasted, Lou, through pretty much all of the 80s. Yeah, true. Uh, number seven is Jack and Rose. Why did you do
1: that? Why? You jump high,
0: jump right. Yes, of course, from Titanic. And that was right up until the point that Rose decided there wasn't enough space on that massive plank of wood which where there was clearly enough space no. and it would have saved Jack, but bad luck. Get off, Jack! <laughs> Number six is Axel and Slash. That's Axel singing in the background, sort of. Screaming.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I don't even say I have to say anything about that. Axel would no, slash says it all, uh, really? number six. Number five. Now, this one you might not even be aware of. I'm okay. not sure if you've seen it, Lou. It's Milo and Otis. Oh, yeah.
1: Remember Milo and Otis? Yeah, the pug and the cat. Yes. Pug
0: and the kitten. Yes. Milo and Otis became best friends. We're going to take a walk outside today. Now, ironically, if that movie was done today, there will be some serious legal ramifications because I believe a few pugs might have died.
1: Oh, <gasps>
0: no. Yeah, there were some issues. Watching it, yeah. No, it's probably best not to. Uh, number four, of course, has to be Tom Hanks and Wilson. Wilson! Wilson! <laughs> uh, Wilson. That's such a good movie. <laughs> poor oh, Wilson. Wilson really went through the ringer. At number three of the top 10 best partnerships, it's Ted Bullpit and his Kingswood. The Kingswood? You're not taking the Kingswood. <laughs> Just put new Venetians in it. Too. Remember when Venetians were a thing in oh, cars? Oh yeah, do I
1: ever?
0: Uh, we're celebrating and uh, the partnership of Nick Kyrgios and Venus Williams with the top ten partnerships. At number two, you'll love this one, Lou. It's Thor and his hammer. Next.
3: Bang! He's
0: just bashing people with it, Lou.
1: You didn't say the name of his hammer.
0: What's the hammer called? Mjolnir. Didn't even know. I threw that in for you.
1: Oh,
0: basically. yeah. 100% just for you. Thank you. And the number one. I well, should have chosen a drum roll more than a dramatic sound. The number one of the top ten best partnerships, of course, it's Maverick and Goose.
2: I feel the need for speed. Ow!
0: Of course, that oh, was right sad. up until the point oh. where Maverick killed Goose with some stupid flying. Oh. Oh! Oh, no. Well, if you flew a little bit better and didn't fly oh, through the jet wash. do Anyway, there we go. There's the top ten. It ended on a real downer. <laughs> it's a
1: really good <laughs> partnership, though. <so.
0: laughs> it ended really badly. <laughs> Just like Nick Curios and Venus Williams. Yeah. It's cold downer. Chisel. And we did say it was a COVID-free Tuesday today, but alas, Lou, it's going to rear its ugly head. Just the once... Yes. In our show, but it yes, kind of has because it's to because it's still obviously impacting um, so many different things like the Caravan Foundation. Now, of course, the Caravan Foundation helps to feed the homeless and disadvantaged on the border. But of course, right now, there are so many rules and regulations and changing all the time. So how difficult has it been of late? We thought we'd check in with the founder, John Brabant, and he joins us. John, good morning.
3: Uh, good morning, Lou and Matt. How are you?
1: Yeah, very well, Thanks. Now, John, um, the the premise of Carevan, obviously, is um, not only to provide a hot meal for people that might not otherwise get one, but it's also to provide some um, social interaction for these people who are quite often very lonely and marginalised. Um, is that one of the issues that you're facing at the moment with gatherings?
3: Yes, with the restrictions on public gatherings and social distancing... Um, We've had to, to embrace new ways to ease the burden and struggle of our people and families, and we've had to basically increase our scope of help. The, 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 the main thing is still there, the social awareness of poverty, the social inclusion for those living in poverty. So it's not just about the meal. It's It's basically giving yeah. people a sense of belonging and a sense of identity.
0: But right now, I mean, you, you can't actually do it the way that it's been done for, for many years, like literally right now, like as in this week. I mean, it might change next week, but at the moment they've pretty much curtailed your ability to just go out in the in the van and give out the meal.
3: Yeah, well, we've been trying to get inside places like St Matthew's and, and uh, Westside Community Centre and take people inside of places yeah. rather than having to do it, particularly over winter. Yes. So that's places extra restrictions, unfortunately. But over the last 16 months, like Housing, Yes Unlimited always reached out to us when other organisations shut down due to the restrictions because they have people in emergency situations requiring meals. So we've been distributing takeaway meals seven days a week to people in temporary accommodation in yeah. public housing um, and families. So it's basically a home delivery system for people in need.
1: Oh, that's amazing. so so that then means you still need volunteers, I'm guessing.
3: Yeah, well, we've probably lost about half our volunteers over the last sixteen months, mainly because you know people are a bit reticent to go out into the community with with the um, the um, situation um, with possible infection. Um, and also, you know, they just get out of the habit of doing it. Yeah, um, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've sort of, when we first started, provided a, a means by which the average person out of out of uh, working hours can can help the person uh, in need. But over, you know, the last 16 months, we've lost probably about half our volunteers. Oh, man. Well, I mean, there's
0: all the information on uh, at, uh, at carevan.com.au. So uh, you've got a section there that says get involved. So, I mean, if you're listening now and you, and you think it would be a great idea, and it would be, then um, get in touch that way. Um, John, hopefully the situation will get better and better as the year goes on. Uh, obviously, more people get vaccinated, and then Australia gets back to normality. So, um, hopefully, it will be easier for you and and all the other great charities too on the border.
3: Yeah, we we've started back uh, doing the public gatherings about uh, four weeks ago, but then with the latest restrictions, we've had to tailor it again. So it's a stop-go situation. Um, yeah.
1: It certainly is for everyone, I think, John. John Brabant from the Care Van Foundation, thanks for updating us on what's happening and uh, hopefully some more volunteers will be coming your way really soon.
3: Yeah, sure, and uh, hopefully you guys could come out with us one night and, yes. and meet some of the people and also with our kids' caring, uh, cooking and caring program. It would be lovely to talk to some of these um, school kids that cook for the care van because it's uh, allowed our younger generation to sort of show empathy and compassion for other people in other words it's been it's been an education in becoming community. yeah
0: yeah oh we'd love to we'll definitely uh do that and we'd love to head out one uh, one evening as well when you're back to normal all right john brabant from care van thank you so much uh mate we'll talk to you again soon i'm sure
3: thanks matt thanks Lou.